Hello and welcome to The Flying Frisbee with me, Dominic Frisbee. Today's piece is called The True Value of UK Housing, a Financial Reality Check. As always, you can read this article, you can listen to this article, or you can read and listen at the same time as some like to do. And before we get started, let me just quickly plug my lecture with Funny Bits on Gold on October the 19th. There's a link to buy tickets in the article. There are just a few tickets left for that. Let me plug Programmable Money if you haven't yet seen it. I think you'll be amused. And if you'd like me to speak or MC your event or to advertise on these pages, please drop me a line, frizzers at gmail.com. Right. House prices. They are in free fall. Fastest fall in 14 years, said The Guardian, on the back of the latest numbers from the Halifax, which reported year-on-year falls of 4.7%. The Telegraph was similarly gloomy. London house prices slumped, said City AM. Six months of consecutive declines, noted the FT. The latest nationwide numbers showing declines of 5.3% are even worse. But some context. Here are house prices since 1950. Current declines are a mere blip. I've long argued that houses are in effect financial assets whose prices are largely determined by the availability and cost of money. When lending is loose and money is cheap, house prices rise. When lending tightens and the cost of money goes up, so do house prices fall. With rising rates, the reality of this is now plain to see. It would seem that the housing market peaked in summer 2022. I know nominally it was November, but in reality it will have peaked six to nine months before that because the various lags in house price data reporting. There's a chap called Charlie on Twitter who's very good on this, by the way. Housing data lags the market because moving home is such a slow process. You decide to move, you put your house on the market, you wait for a buyer, it takes time to exchange and complete. Then there are several more months before the land registry reports the transaction. But from August 2022 to August 2023, according to Bank of England data, mortgage lending has fallen by 43%, while the number of approvals is down 36%. Of course house prices are falling. How far do they fall? The answer to that lies with the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee, gilt markets, interest rates and all the rest of it. Sterling also has issues which is going to put upward pressure on rates. But with another million or so cheap fixed rate deals coming into an end in the next year and another million the year after that, something like two million households are going to be hit with much higher mortgage costs. Just how much will those costs be? Merrin Somerset Webb has the answer. A mortgage on a 350 grand house at 2% is... 1480 a month. A mortgage on a 350 grand home at 5.5% is 2150 a month. To get the payment back to 1484 you could only borrow 243 grand, 100 grand less. That's why house prices are falling. Considerable problems lie ahead. All in all, I don't think the worst is over by a long chalk, and a year from now I think we will see distressed selling along with opportunities for bargain hunters. This could all have happened in 2008, but the powers that be saw fit to suppress rates and print money. Then we got help to buy. I don't quite know what they will do this time around. No doubt something is being planned, but in the meantime, it seems, we are seeing the beginning of the unwinding of effectively a 30-year generational bull market stroke bubble. By way of reference, here's that infamous Jean-Paul Rodrigue illustration of the life cycle of a bubble. I used to have it on my wall, I liked it so much. And I'd argue that we're probably in the fear stage, with the bull trap having come during Covid. 
But it may well be that we're still in the denial phase. As with so much academic projection, real life is never quite as neat and tidy. At the same time, as those of us who were around in 2008 will testify, all ye who call the end of the UK housing market bubble, beware. The housing market has a nasty habit of making bears look stupid. Some see a correction of 35% or more in nominal terms, others are more muted at 5-10%, to 10%, both are possible. In the short term, I think housing goes lower. A 1989-94 scenario looks more likely than 2008-11, to 11, though I reserve the right to change my mind as events unfold. So to gold, and in the next chart you can see gold versus sterling since 1999 when Gordon Brown sold ours for 150 quid an ounce or thereabouts. Today, such as the rise of gold or the decline of sterling more like, we're at 1500 quid an ounce, 10 times higher. Josh Saul of Pure Gold Company has reported to me numerous times over the past year how many buy-to-let and other property investors have been selling real estate and buying gold. When will they flip back into property? Gold is the oldest money in the world. It's a constant. So I like to take a periodic look at house prices measured in gold. Of course, we don't use gold to buy houses. We use sterling. But as the verse goes, money is a matter of functions for, a medium, a measure, a standard and a store. While gold may no longer have much use as a medium of exchange, as a store of value, a standard of deferred payment and a measure of relative value, i.e. a unit of account, it remains, and will always remain, a far more effective form of money than fiat because it is permanent, constant, and you can't print it. If the average UK house is now 288 grand, it isn't. It'll be lower because of the time lags, and gold is 1,500 quid an ounce, and the average UK house price in gold is 192 ounces. And here, courtesy of Nick Laird at Gold Charts Are Us, we see the cost of UK house prices measured in gold since 1950. It's a rather different story to nominal UK house prices, as displayed above. By this measure, the peak of the UK housing market was 2004. Sterling was relatively strong at more than $2. Uh, at more than $2, the UK housing market was booming. Gold was sitting around $400 an ounce. The depths of the market came in 1979. The UK economy was weak. There was civil unrest. Gold was at the end of its epic bull market of the 1970s when it hit 850 an ounce. The average UK house could be bought for around 50 ounces of gold. How much have we been ripped off by fiat? Doesn't that chart just show it? If gold is to increase by, say, 20% against sterling and nominal house prices are to come down 10%, then those 2008 and 2020 lows of 150 ounces for the average UK house look pretty much nailed on. House prices come down 30 or 35%, however, as they did in 1989, and the gold price were to double, then those late 1970s and early 80s numbers around $50 an ounce. 50 ounces for the average UK house suddenly come into play. Barring a full-blown sterling crisis, don't rule it out, I'd say that was unlikely. For no particular reason other than round number itis, I have a target of 100 ounces. Of course, the other possibility is that gold falls and house prices resume their uptrend. Here, for the silver bugs, is the same ratio, but for silver. And you can see just how cheap houses in silver were in the 1970s. You could get the average UK house for about a 1,000 ounces. Will silver ever go back to those levels? I doubt it. It has the potential, but as we all know, silver always disappoints. Finally, for American readers, a, UK, a US house prices in gold and silver. 
Post-2008, they almost went back to 1980 levels. You can see the charts in the article. Here they are in silver. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back with another podcast very soon. In the meantime, cheerio.